I had it under contract at like 200 and I want to say 285,000. That was it. I was like, if I can get 310 for it, I'll just wholesale it. If not, I'll keep it. Next thing you know, I end up finding a buyer for it at 310 and I got nice. them to retrade down to 278. Very nice. So wow. my first agent outreach deal, 32K. Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aishim Hipsher, and I'm joined by my dude, Mr. Tanner Santucci. What up, bro? What's up, my guy? Man, man. Don't say happy Friday, because it's not Friday. Yeah, no, I guess um, not. <laughs> guys, Danny Harrison is joining us today. And for those of you who just so happen to have never seen any of his social media content, shame on you. Uh, but Danny is a person who I have... I, I've. It, I know Danny's story, but through third parties. And so now I'm fascinated to really, really dive into Danny because I'm telling you guys, this this gentleman, he's different. Um, and so Danny, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. And Dan, Danny's in the ATL. Do you live in Atlanta? I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I know that you know. I I was introduced to you by Racky, who was a uh, a previous uh, interview. Uh, guys, please check out that interview. Racky has an incredible story. He's actually from Iraq, um, and he his family essentially escaped during the wartime. And his story is crazy. I mean, now he's got a mega successful real estate business. Um, and Racky told me about Danny almost a year ago. And he was, he was saying how Danny's this guy who basically, you know, Racky showed up and Racky was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm going to these meetups. I'm doing all this stuff. And he kept seeing your face. He would always say, Danny would always be there. He's like, and I recognize, you know, when some people didn't show up or whatever, Danny was always there. So Danny was the guy who took it seriously. And, uh, and so he's like, so we locked arms and, and, you know, one deal led to the other, which led to the other, which now you guys both have massive real estate businesses. And Danny, you've been traveling all over the world lately. I've been seeing you. You're in a different city every time I see one of your reels or whatever. So dude, I'm, I'm really excited to, to dive into this, but um, yeah, man, dude. So let's do this before we, we dig in. Um, I like to go origin story. So I like to find out a little bit about Danny, when he, you know, where he's from, your family life, what, what created this person that we're, we're sitting with talking to today? I, I want to know that origin story. So fire away, my man. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I've actually grown up in Metro Atlanta my whole life in this small town called Loganville. It's not as small anymore. It's, it's grown a lot, but grew up there my whole life. Then growing up, you know, my, my dad struggled financially. My parents did. So it was kind of one of those things, I would say probably from like when around like five, six, seven, eight, we were jumping from like house to house and didn't have as much money. My dad lost his business during 2007, 2008. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, yeah. So that was a big struggle for my family. And then it's just something I never forgot. Um just my dad struggling to even find a job or even make ends meet to provide for us. And even though I was probably seven years old, I'm sitting here thinking like, I never want to have to go through this. Like right. at least in the future, like ever since that moment growing up, I'm like, okay, how am I going to change things for my family? 
How and am you I remember that even at a young age, you remember yeah. feeling that way. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's carry on. Yeah. So anyways, you know, fast forward, um, he ended up finding a good job. We got back on our feet, you know, a few years later, but I always thought it was fascinating, just like entrepreneurship in general. Right. So like I was that kid in school that would take a Hershey, that would get like a Hershey's bars at the store, get the multi-pack and then go sell them for a dollar a piece. Nice. I was flipping candy bars. I was even flipping real little bracelets at some point. <laughs> um, and then by the time I was in high school, I was, I was flipping iPhones. I was buying oh, them wow. from people with broken screens, ordering screens on Amazon, popping them on there, reselling them on Facebook, offer up, whatever. So I always was like, okay, how can I make some money? Like, especially like before I got a job, I was finding any way I could make money. I even... I even like I had a YouTube channel that I did like video games and vlogs on that I made money off of that way. Uh, so like any way I could try to make things work, I was like, okay, how can I make more money? Because I just, I, you know, I wanted to make money for myself. Sure. Um, so then, you know, I was flipping phones and then got out of high school. And then I, was, I started flipping cars, actually. Um, <laughs> buying and selling cars on Facebook marketplace. And it got to the point where I was at a full-time job at the same time, you know, so it was just kind of my side hustle. Okay. Thinking there's gotta be an easier way because I was spending all this time, like hours just scrolling on Facebook marketplace, just waiting for the right deal. It's a, it's right. like finding a property, but it's a car, you know, uh, it's very similar. Absolutely. Um, but then I started, I, f I was on YouTube one day and found this dude called Jerry Norton. <laughs> I'm sure if you guys Jerry, are watching, Jerry, Jerry. you probably do know Jerry <laughs> Norton. If you don't, he's got a YouTube channel and he teaches people what wholesale real estate is and just all the ins and outs of it. Uh, so I stumbled across his YouTube channel. I want to say um, probably about two years ago from right now, back in summer of 2021, I started watching that on YouTube as I was working on this at the same time. Then I got really busy at work. So then I kind of just like stopped watching the videos as much. And then towards the end of the year, I'd say around December, I really started watching them again. I was like, there's got to be something here. I can make more money in real estate. Cause I'm like, I'm seeing him upload these videos of just like making $10,000 off of full sale in one house. And I'm like, dang, I'm making <laughs> like $2,000 off of a car when I could with the same amount of time, essentially when I could be making 10,000 off of a house, like it's a no brainer. Sure. And I always like had real estate in the back of my head. I didn't know what it, I just, cause everyone always hears, Oh, the real money's made in real estate. Oh yeah. Right. But we're always just kind of sitting on the sidelines. Like, man, maybe one day I'll get into real estate. I don't know. So I just kept watching. Then all of a sudden I started seeing these ads for this blue genie on youtube while i was watching jerry norton's videos this dude jameel um and at the time i didn't know who jameel was i didn't know who pace was the only person i knew in wholesale was jerry and then i was like you know what? i actually did see him do a youtube video with scott so after i saw like five of the ads i finally clicked on one signed up for a call i was like okay let me see what this is all about you know right. so next thing you know I get this like landing page before we hop on a call. I see Jamil. He's sitting there in one of his coaching calls. He all, he always starts off with a prayer. 
So I, I see this page and I'm just like, man, something seems right about this. It just like, it just felt good inside. I'm like, this is, this feeling is good. So then I, I hopped on a call. It might've been that night or the next day. And it was with one of these onboarding guys, Carl, he signed, he signed me up and I was just like, Oh crap. I'm about to actually do this. Like I'm joining a mentorship. Um, so this was the astro flipping mentorship. Right. Um, and at that point, you know, I was just dabbling around watching the videos, but I didn't take any action. I was just straight up consuming content. Sure. So then I joined this astro flipping thing. I'm like, oh my, I just put some skin in the game. I actually have to do this now. <laughs> yep. Like I got to make my money back. Right. Right. <laughs> Had you had you invested in any kind of coaching programs prior to this for flipping cars or lollipops or whatever it was you were no. you were flipping? So this is the first time that you sought out coaching. What yep. was it about his advertisement that made you realize not necessarily this is the guy, but were you looking for coaching already and then you saw his ad or did you see his ad and you're like, "Uh-huh. Maybe I maybe I do need coaching." I would say I actually did try signing up for Jerry's coaching, whatever the 10 X mastery. I don't know. Remember what it's called, but I tried signing up and I never got a response just cause I was going to see what it was about. Cause I just wanted to learn more. Cause these YouTube videos only give you like so much information. At right. least it feels yeah. like at the time and so scattered. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's all scattered out. I was like, I need more of a structure. I need to actually figure out more of this stuff in detail. So it was kind of one of those things I really, Honestly, I just kind of winged it, man. Like I wasn't like, okay, I need to find a coaching course. I was just like, let me see what this is about. And if it sure. seems good, I'll just join in. And that's really what happened. Wow. So you didn't know anyone in real estate or anything at this point. It was just, you had a history of arbitrage, you know, buying, buying yeah. low and selling high. And it looks yeah. like you just scaled up, you know, starting with mm -hmm. Hershey's and now you're, you know, now you're flipping houses. And so that's interesting. Um, what is is real estate the 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 pinnacle of the flipping game or do you see yourself flipping businesses next or like wh where does Danny Harrison go from here man I want to say there will be some businesses in the future for sure um I think I always gotta like elevate myself so I think that might be the next step um because ever since I went to Abraham Gray's mastermind about buying businesses, I'm like, dude, this is crazy. So this is just like real estate, but you can do it with businesses too. Like you can buy businesses, you can make cash flow, you can even wholesale businesses. Who would have thought? Um, so I definitely think that could be the next step. I'm not quite there yet, For but sure. I'll be there in the future. That's awesome. Dude, I want to ask a little bit about your relationship uh, with, with Racky in the beginning. And because from, from what I learned, it seemed like the two of you guys just connected and you really kind of ran and learned uh, uh, this business together. I'm assuming you met Racky after you joined Astro. Yeah, I'm actually, I met him when I joined Astro. He's one of the first people I connected with. Oh, very wow. cool. That's really cool. So, so tell me about maybe, you know, some, some of the first few deals that you guys did, like what were the struggles? What were the successes? I would say, I mean, well, to start out, I mean, he really just helped me out because I joined in and I still, you know, had no idea what I was doing. So we actually met up every week. I like got a coffee shop. He'd help. He actually is the one who helped me figure out how to comp properties. 
So, I mean, sure, you could watch like Jamil's videos and stuff, but when you're sitting there with a person side by side, it's way easier to learn. Sure. So he helped me out of comp and he connected me with the right people, the right closing attorney and all this. So really, he just kind of laid out the path for me, you know? I see. So I'll be forever grateful for what he's That's done awesome. for me, especially starting out, just because it kind of it shortened my learning curve a, get, sure. a bit. Even though I was in the mentorship, just having that hands on hand on hand, it just really helped out. Um, I'd say the first few deals we did anyways, actually, well, my first wholesale deal, I did it on my own, but that one was really cool because it was an agent outreach deal. It was actually from the agent list I got from Astro. Nice. <laughs> so I just do an agent outreach on Batch Dialer. Like I uploaded the list. I was calling agents. And this was one agent I connected with, let's say January of 2021. And I didn't get my first wholesale deal until April of 21. He actually, he messaged me. He's like, hey man, you know, we're actually going to put this house on market tomorrow. But I just, you know, I remembered, you know, you've, Message me a few times and you're looking for investment properties. So I figured I'd send it your way. And I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this is a deal. So, and it was actually funny too. I was in Vegas at the time. So technically, I wholesaled this one virtually. Nice. Um, <sighs> and I was like, dude, this is a good deal. And I'm like, dude, can you send me over the contract right now? And I, I signed a contract and I was actually looking at this to flip it originally because the first property I ever did, I actually flipped. We can get into that too. Um, so I was like, oh, I know how to flip now. So I'm just going to look at this to flip it because I know the numbers are there. And I was like, okay, well, I had it under contract at like 200 and I want to say 285,000. That was it. I was like, if I can get 310 for it, I'll just wholesale it. If not, I'll keep it. Next thing you know, I end up finding a buyer for it at 310. And I nice. got them to retrade down to 278. Very nice. So wow. my first agent outreach deal 32k that's awesome freaking crazy so i yeah. i have to i have to ask and first of all shout out to 32k on your first, first deal. <laughs> no, that's, no that's not a lot of um there's not a lot of people that get to say that right at least on their first deal and so um i, I wanted to jump into two things one's a shout out also to astro um which if you are not familiar with the astro program with Danny has is referring to with the blue genie, AKA Jamil. Um, that's the mentorship that we're all actually in. Um, and I'm not going to go on a huge spiel, um, but it, it's, it's life-changing for a lot of people. Um, and so, and you're not just getting a mentor, you're getting a truly a community and it feels cool because it feels like all of us that are in it, we could go to pretty much any major city in the country. And it feels like we get to have our own community there already. Um, mm -hmm. cause it takes one message. So, uh, just shout out to Astro, and obviously Danny's an uh, incredible testament to that. The next thing I want Astro.com. Yeah, <laughs> got Astro.com. Go, go check it out. Um, the other thing I want to ask you is your first flip. You just, you just spoke about that. So, mm -hmm. and I know um, this is something that people kind of get intimidated about is flipping, right? Um, they feel right. scared. It's scary. Like, oh, God, what do I do? So, walk us through how you did your first flip. How'd you get the funding for it? Um, you know, the whole process and you know, obviously a simplified version of it, but um, give the audience what they want to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. So my first flip was actually found this property in January. This is, this is also why it's so important to let people know what you're doing. So this mm -hmm. is January of 2022, a month after I joined Astro. 
um, one of my buddies hits me up and says, Hey man, you know, I had my, my agent that I bought my personal house with. I told her I was looking for a fixer upper and, uh, she actually sent me this property. I want to see what you think. So it was in a really good site. For those of you that know the Georgia area, this was in Lilburn, Georgia, in Gwinnett County. Very good area. Um, and it was at like 50% of ARV. So they wanted 152 off market. And it was, it probably could have went, I think it was like 300, 310 ARV. And I was like, dude, this is a really good deal. And I, I tried saying like, dude, we could wholesale this and make a pretty penny. And he's like, yeah, no. And he was kind of on the fence about it. He's like, but I have a really good relationship with this agent. And I told her I wanted to flip something. So I really want to make it happen. And he knew someone else, but the dude that he knew was only going to give him like this much profit. And it was just not going to work out. So I, essentially works, we worked something out where it's like, okay, fine, let's do the flip and let's go 50, 50 on it. Hmm. So neither of us had an idea what we were doing, but I knew how to find out what I was doing. I had the resources then. That comes back to Rocky helping me out. He helped me find the right closing attorney, the hard money lender, and the contractor. Like, So mm. I had everything I needed right there. So I had a really good general contractor. And then I, it was so funny. This is like when people get scared of flipping, it can be very intimidating. You have to be very careful with your numbers. But this shows you that you can really make something happen without knowing what you're doing and learning throughout the process. Because sure. I got a hard money loan for it. I didn't even know how a hard money loan worked <laughs> until I was going through the process of getting the loan for this property. Like I was on the phone with the hard money lender. It's like, so a construction holdback, what is that? <laughs> like, I didn't even know. I was like, oh, so they don't just give me the rehab money. They <laughs> They hold it back. And when you do a part of the project, then they fund you for that part of the project. Bit, yeah. you know? So it's like stuff I didn't even know. I was pretty much just learning as I went. And it, it was a huge learning experience too, because it, it taught me a lot. So that was my first real estate project in general. And I jumped in with a flip and I would say it was very beneficial too, because it helped me that much more know the value of properties and how much a rehab costs. So let me ask, let me ask you this then. So for those that, for those that are listening, um, wholesalers that have, that maybe want to get into their first flip and they don't have just cash to deploy like crazy. So what are some questions knowing what you know now that if they were to reach out to a hard money lender, what are some questions that you think they should be asking? I definitely want to know how many, how many points they charge, what's their interest, which starting out, if you're doing your first flip, it's going to be higher percent interest on the loan. Those two things and what term loan, because some of them do nine months, 12 months, or you can get even longer, but those are the kind of like two typical ones. And just even seeing how much experience you need, because some of them are going to want you to have experience. Some of them are going to be like, okay, we're actually open to people that are just starting out, but they want to make sure it's a good deal too. Mm -hmm. You know, So they will actually help you with that too. If you are like, okay, I got this property. I think it's a good deal, but I'm not 100% sure. Most hard money lenders are going to know their numbers too. So they're going to analyze it. They'll even, even one of my guys, he'll hop on a call with me and we'll analyze it together. Like hmm. if he sees something that I don't see, vice versa, it's like, oh, but check this out. I think it's only worth this much because of that. So they they help you analyze it too. So they're not going to let you, they're not going to lend you on a bad deal either. Right, right. That makes sense. 
You know, one of, and great question, Tanner. That was, you know, my initial apprehension when I got started. Um, I was like, wholesaling. Oh, that sounds great. It's low money down. I, I did my first deal fairly quickly. Um, but then sliding over into flips was like, no, thank you. Like it just seemed way too complicated and, and whatnot. But the more that I, I, you know, I did more deals, the more I learned about real estate, I, you know, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but I had this maybe a scarcity mindset that hard money lenders are these rich billionaires, you know, these really like old white people with gray hair that are like so out of my reach. And you know <laughs> what I mean? I, I won't be able to relate. And like these guys, I, that's what I thought. And so I, you know, I, I don't know if there's anyone else that thinks that way, but what I learned over time is, man, all these people from hard money lenders to title to all these, all these people want to help us because they make money by helping us. Mm -hmm. And I got rid of that scarcity mindset and I realized, oh, these people actually want to work together. You know, there's a reason why we say squad up. Squad up doesn't just mean find someone to JV your deal. It means literally get network, get people around you because everyone wants to make money. And the people, like you said, Danny, it was brilliant what you just said, that hard money lenders will not fund a bad deal. So they want you to win on this thing. They're oh, at a yeah. level that a lot of them are at a like, like Brent Daniels, he, his goal is to get over into becoming a lender, you know? Um, and so a lot of these guys have tons of experience and education and they love helping people that are up and comers. So um, th thanks for, thanks for sharing that Danny. Cause in, and Tanner, thanks for asking that question. Cause I believe you guys just shed a light on a really, really dark subject that doesn't get talked about a lot. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. Um, Danny, I do want to ask, man, because you, you seem very put together, you know, for real. Um, you're, how old are you? 21. Are you for real? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that. You, I'm going to need you to shave your beard, bro. That beard adds like five years onto you <laughs> for real, at least 26. Well, but anyways, that's even more shocking. Um, 21. Wow. Okay. So at 21, you're doing the things that you're doing. Um, you're at a high level. Do you, you operate at a high level. Do you, do you have any sort of a morning routine or any kind of productivity tips that help you keep your day on track? Um, I would say as for that, I'm not the best at morning routines. I would say do, do what you can. Um, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, push yourself to your limits, do this and do that. But do it to an extent, you know, you don't want to burn yourself out. So I would say set a realistic goal for yourself. If you don't think you can wake up at 5 a.m., don't wake up at 5 a.m. Some people can, some people can't. If you think, just do something that you know you can commit to every single day. Mm -hmm. If you're like, okay, I can wake up at 8 a.m. every day, get to work by 9 I'll have my hour of just, you know, you know, eating breakfast, getting ready to get to work and just do whatever makes you to the best, produce to the best of your ability, you know, right. and something right. that you can consistently do. Because if you set yourself unrealistic expectations, it just makes everything worse. I'm glad you said that. Um, it's funny. I've, I've asked this question a couple of times and I think maybe one person gave me like an actual routine. Um, and so it's, I found it relieving that most people really, I mean, I, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but most people really didn't have a solid morning routine. You know, Jamil was one of the guys who did, you know, he, he's yeah. at the, the level and the stage in his life where, um, where he's, he's got that ability to. And I think that he, I think that he maybe have, you know, started the routine first and then it grew into this lifestyle or whatever, but, but 
I say all that to say, I don't think it is a qualifying factor. Like I did at one time, you know, you, if you're a person who listens to a lot of podcasts, um, you know, all these different podcasts, a bunch of people will tell you, you know, morning, morning routines are the deal, you know, the miracle morning, all that good stuff. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, it could add a lot of unnecessary pressure and angst and, and things like that to your day. Um, and so I, I don't want to excuse anyone who does want to have a morning routine or whatnot, but I just want to share the story to, to let you guys know, Danny's crushing at life right now. He's 21 and there's, he doesn't have like a very specific, you know, I brush my teeth and then I meditate and then I, uh, I journal for eight hours and then I, you know, climb a mountain and I do all this stuff. Like he's, he just wakes up and goes for it. So don't be so hard on yourself, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, Danny, let me ask you, cause you're, again, you're a younger guy and I, and I don't, I don't know this yet, but, What's, what's a, what's a, you know, like a, what's a unique skill or, you know, an ability that you feel like you possess and how does that benefit your business? Man, um, I would say maybe not so unique, but I like helping people. So I like helping people, I like giving back. Um, that's just kind of one of my main goals is to really to help as many people as I can and just like any situation, you know? So I don't know necessarily how I can attach that to how it benefits me in my business. Maybe say I'm helping someone out trying to get their first deal. Say if they finally get a property that works out, guess who they're going to bring it to first? Sure. Me, because I helped them out. But it's all, it's not just because I want to get a deal from them, but it's just, right. I enjoy helping. Right. No, I understand that a hundred percent. And I think that the value you get from that is, is through um, karma, if you will, yeah. you know, because <laughs> uh, the universe definitely rewards uh, people who, you know, who, who help others. So that that's phenomenal. Um, what's a, what's a failure that you treasure the most? Man, a failure that I treasure the most. Um, I will say, one of the properties I bought didn't do so well. That was a flip. And it was, there was a lot of things that I could have done differently, but I kind of just thought it was like, Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. We'll get it figured out and just kept brushing it to the side. Right. But that doesn't work out. So I would say that that's probably my biggest thing is that one flip I did just letting too many things slide. I guess you could say like, the contractor's like, oh, you should do this instead. It's going to cost this much more, even though it wasn't in the budget. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and do it. It's going to look better. Just like things here and there with the project mm -hmm. and had a bunch of issues with Atlanta historic district. It wasn't historic district. We painted the outside of the house. We weren't supposed to. There was so many things with that property that went wrong, but it was also such a huge learning experience because it was supposed to be I want to say 80 to a hundred thousand dollars in profit. And now we're going to lose like probably $10,000 on it. Mm -hmm. And so the historic district, so the painting on the outside, what other things, because it sounds like that wasn't the only issue. Um, and so maybe for stuff for again, future flippers, I should say, what are some things they should look for or pay attention to that you've learned also from that? Okay, so I'd say, especially if you're ever looking at anything in historic district, make sure they pretty much want you to leave everything on the outside as it is. Like they don't, maybe you can clean it up just as far as like if it's dirty, clean it, but you don't want to do anything else 
um, especially even like the posts for the deck. Like there was iron cast posts. We removed those and put wood up and they got us for that too. So there's many little articulate things and make sure you're pulling permits and doing the things right. We didn't pull permits. They got us for that too. And it's just expect the unexpected really because even that went wrong. Then also that same exact house, it got cold. The heat wasn't running a pipe burst. It flooded the basement after we renovated the house. Hmm. So um, we had to fix the basement again. Uh, oh my yeah. Lord. <laughs> Flies. What? So what deal? Cause it sounds like you've dealt with adversity, right? There's been multiple things that have came up in you're only 21, which still blows my mind. Um, and so obviously being an entrepreneur, adversity is something that we all have to deal with. Um, and so on the days that you don't feel like making calls or the days that um, you wake up out of bed and you're not feeling right, what are, some, what are some things you may do or even some advice to give to people on those days where you need that little extra you know, kick mm-hmm. in the rear end to get going? Good question. I would say think about what you're working for. Like mm-hmm. really, if you have a why that you're working towards, Think about that. Are you going to get there if you're just sitting around doing nothing and caving in to the, the comfort of just sitting on the side and not doing anything like you want to do? So it's really just like you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable to an extent. So like on days like that, yeah, just and even like have a vision board that you look at, like have it in your bedroom, like right when you wake up. And just like you look up and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm waking up this morning. You know, so like, what's on your vision board? Huh? What's on your vision board? Um, what's your why? Man, some of it's materialistic things. Um, I got some cars on there, got some houses. Um, then also just have, you know, just like helping others. Like I have cross for church some stuff like that. And really I want to be able to like help my parents out too. So that's on there as well. So like being able to retire my parents is also one of my goals. Hmm. That's awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. You have siblings. I have a brother. Yeah. Is he into real estate at all or what's, what's he into? Uh, Unfortunately not. He's younger. He's, He's doing his own little thing. Um, he's figuring out life as he goes, but he, he's got a job right now and he's doing his thing. Is he younger or older? He's older. Older. Okay. Awesome. And then your parents, you, you said your, you know, your, your dad was in business and then went through some struggles and, and things are, you know, much, much better now. Um, is he, is he the reason, would you credit your father and his upbringing to your kind of entrepreneurial DNA of being, being a, you know, little, little kid flip master. Where did you learn that from? Dude, I don't even know. Cause I will say my father really taught me what working hard means. He is a really hard worker. So that's how I learned to work my butt off. But as far as the flipping things, I can't really pinpoint it to something. Just one day I just started doing it. Maybe Maybe it was one of those things where I was like in the school store and they're selling pencils for like a dollar a piece. And I'm like, dang, there's no way these pencils cost them a dollar to buy, you know? Right, right. So it's like, come on, there's some give here. They're, they're making money somehow. Or even like these book, these book fairs that the schools would have. It's like, why are these books so expensive? 
it's like there's no way it costs this much to make you know so, i i'm fascinated by by the arbitrage world i didn't grow up with parents that were in business at all both my parents were in the military like they were very employee mindset people um and it wasn't until later on in life that i realized myself that i i am fascinated by arbitrage there's something about yeah. buying something and selling it for more but what I learned in that whole exchange is you have to understand the value of what it is that that item is. And you're essentially, you know, you're, you're using that information to, to make money out of thin air. And it was just, yeah. it was such a cool idea. And so, yeah, the, the, my first real estate deal to, to make 10 grand, you know, I've sold stuff before made a few hundred and whatnot, but to make 10 grand, I was like, well, this is a game changer. So that's really cool that man, you're 21 you didn't have this, but you recognize this, you, you know, it's not like it was modeled for you, but you recognized it from such a young age, you know, nine years old, I think you said is when you, when you had the, the aha moment with the Hershey's bar, you know, now you're 21 and you're flipping houses and real estate. And so, dude, I'm, I'm so excited to, to see what's, what's coming up for you, Danny. Let me ask you, dude. So in the next 12 months, um, what are some things that you're concerned about? And what are some things that you're excited about? Um, as far as concerned about, I know from what I've heard, you know, the market's going to get a little more difficult in these next, maybe, I don't know if I'd say 12 months in the foreseeable future is what I'm hearing. Cause you know, the interest rates and just the whole way the economy's going. So I'm hearing different, um, thoughts about the way, the direction the market is going. But also one other thing is if you actually know what you're doing, and you're truly good at what you do, it's not going to be a problem. It just It's just going to weave out all the people that are just like acting like they know what they're doing or so not really have an idea, you know? So as long as you know what you're doing, I don't think you're going to have a problem. Uh, so that's that's also like the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, at least for, sure. for me anyways, because I actually pride myself on what I do and I know I'm good at what I do. So I'm not worried about it. Right. Um, and I would say... Another good thing in the next 12 months is just like growing my business, you know. So eventually my goal is to have my wholesale business to where I have people working day to day with along with me, acquisitions, eventually dispositions, and even just having having creating a team and creating a good environment. Then also after my kind of stuff is after I get that going, then I want to get into start buying businesses. That's kind of mm. where I'm at right now. I see. Awesome. I see. Yeah, you you mentioned you're going to Abraham Gray's event um, that that's coming out. So I'm I'm stoked to uh, to talk with you afterwards because I I I well, number one I'm fascinated by Abraham Gray. That's another one, guys. If you it's it's an, a previous interview of ours. Um, if you hadn't listened or watched that because you're not familiar with who that person is, listen and watch that. Hey, Abraham Gray is someone who makes more money than Pace and Jamil combined. He's but he's quiet. You don't be like. He's kind of quiet, but but he's pretty quiet. He, he's not, you know, he's not as loud as, as those guys are, but he knows his stuff and he is one hell of an entrepreneur. Probably has 50, 60 businesses right now. Um, so he, he's a really cool guy. So, man, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to, to you know, talk to, with you after that. Um, Danny, just a couple, a couple questions as I like, as, as we learn, land the plane, I should say. Um, what dude, you, you live a good life, man. You're traveling a bunch and all that good stuff. What, what are some of the freedoms that real estate has afforded you? Just, man, the biggest thing is just being in control of my own schedule because 
I will say it's, and it's not going to be easy starting out. So like the first year I was in real estate, I still worked my W2 job. Um, I was working Saturday through Wednesday, one to one to 11 PM, just about every night. So I had the morning to work on my business then Thursday and Friday too. So it's like, I really, and then there was always like real estate meetups on Wednesdays. And I'm like, man, I really want to go to these meetups, but I got to work. Or I really want to go here or there's this event in Arizona, man. I really want to go out, but I'm working those days and I don't have enough. Maybe I don't have enough days to use. I don't want to use up all my vacation days. It's like when you're tied to a job, you have a schedule and it's like you can't just get up and go. Right. When it comes to having your own business, real estate, or even if you do something else too and you have the same freedom, it's like, for example, I just spent almost two weeks out in Arizona and California and I could work from there too. I was posted up with Matthew Justice in his office and we were just working Monday through Friday and I was out in Arizona, but I can still do do deals in Atlanta while I'm in Arizona. That's awesome. And you met Matt Justice through Astro, right? Yeah. That's it's phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah, he has nothing to do with Atlanta, but yet you're living at his house for a whole week. Like people don't get this community that we're talking about. They're like, oh, okay, so you guys are learning real estate. It's like, no, we, we make money together. Yeah. We really do. Um, and so that that's fascinating. Dude, okay, my last question for you, and then I'll throw it over to Tanner, but you you've got some knowledge, bro. Like what is a... Um, what's a word of inspiration for wholesalers that are getting started in their first year from you? I would say I've come across so many people that are just trying to go in like 10 directions at once, like figure out one thing that you can stick to, whether that be, say you're doing agent outreach or you're doing like direct to seller calling a certain list, doing this or that. There's so many people when they get started, they jump around, they do something for a week and they're like, okay, let me go to the next thing. This is not working. Let me do this. It's not working. Find one thing. And like, you've probably heard this before, but stick to it for 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. Every consistently for 90 days, find that one thing. And it might take some time. You got to find what's really your niche for me. That's off market agent outreach, just like, you know, cold calling agents, texting agents and getting off market properties. That's my thing. So find something that you really enjoy doing and just stick to it for 90 days and the compounding effects will show. It's incredible. Now, what if they find that one thing that they want to do for 90 days and they're starting in Tampa and then someone sends them a deal in Phoenix and they're like, all right, well, let me go see if I can find some buyers in Phoenix. Or do you recommend people, you know, keep multiple markets, but keep them small, focus on one market, go wild, wild west. What are your thoughts? Man, I think... When you're starting out, learn one market. Don't jump all over the place because it's just going to keep your head everywhere and you're not going to understand. You'll never be able to truly understand that market if you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Let me take a pause on Tampa. Oh, this one in Phoenix. Let me go check this out and see if this is going to work out. And then you're leaving Tampa over here on the sideline. So I think you should really focus on one market at first. And then when you're to the point where you really know your market well and you're actually doing deals, then you can maybe look at a different market. That's my opinion. Yeah, it's good insight. Um, I was the I was a victim of uh, jumping around <laughs> um, and not not really. I mean, I had a market, but I was a victim. I'll say that. And so when I when I eventually when Aishman and I eventually partnered up, 
started our company together and then, you know, settled in on one market, that's when everything changed for us. Um, and that's, you know, that's just the power of picking one market. So 100% agree with Danny on that. Danny, I do have a question. Um, and it's kind of a fun one, I guess, somewhat. Okay. Maybe to some people, maybe to not. I don't know. But you're active on social media, right? You post a lot. You, you inform everyone. Yeah, at Danny buys homes. Um, you inform everyone what you do, right? You, you don't shy away from it. You own it. You constantly traveling. So how has social media affected your business? Hmm. I would say just letting people know what I'm, you know, just letting people know what I'm doing and just having that many more people reach out to me. They're like, Oh, this dude's doing deals in Atlanta. Let me hit him up. Now I will say it, it hasn't resulted in a deal, but that's the whole thing about being consistent too, consistently posting and just, it's not even about the real estate specifically, but it's, I've actually received messages from people. It's like, dude, your content's really inspiring me. Like even like me, just like a little thing of me posting at the gym every day. Someone's like, man, you really inspired me to get up and go to the gym today. I'm just like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Or just even someone's like, oh man, you really inspired me to like start calling these agents today. Cause like I used to, I used to do a live stream back when I was doing that 90 day social media challenge that I did. I was doing a live stream every day and I had some dude hop in. He's like, man, you know, I'm, really want to do this real estate thing. I just don't really know what I'm doing. I'm like, I got some homework for you, man. Tomorrow, I want you to call and talk to at least one real estate agent. And I literally just like, yeah, just click on Redfin, type fixer upper, and then just like click on one and call the agent to see how it goes. And then next thing you know, I get a text the next day, dude, I called that agent. Thank you so much. And awesome. I feel like I'm actually doing something now. And it's, just goes back to the thing of like helping people. And it like, Cause it makes them feel good, but it also makes me feel good. Right. hundred percent. Awesome. Danny, you're a rock star brother. And I'm still blown away that you're only 21. I mean, your future is so damn bright. It's unreal. Like this is, <laughs> this is incredible. So I'm along, I'm along for the ride, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to your journey and um, we'd love to have you back, dude. I'd love to, to talk okay. to you again in, you know, six months, a year or now. And, and just see what's going on, you know, see where you're at. Um, Danny, dude, you're doing deals in, is it Atlanta only, all of Georgia? Where, how can people work with you? All over Metro Atlanta. So mostly just kind of surrounding areas in the suburban neighborhood, just all around Atlanta. I don't really do anything South. If you have something in Savannah, I may look at it, but it's not, I don't necessarily focus as much down there, but I do know a lot of people down there but mainly just like kind of the whole Metro Atlanta area awesome. and just like the outskirts, you know? Mm. Awesome. How can people get in touch with you? Right here. Danny, buys, Danny homes buys homes on IG. Yeah. This is my Instagram at right here. So hit me up right there. Send me a message, DM me. And sometimes my messages get caught in the message request. So like even comment on one of my posts. Hey, what's up, man? I saw you on the wholesale elite podcast, just sent you a DM or just say, Hey, I just sent you a DM because I'll see the comments on my posts and it'll notify me. And then I can go check my DMs and be like, yo, what's up, dude. So that makes sense. That makes sense. 
Danny, dude, again, thank you so, so, so much for your time. I'm glad we were finally able to get you on the, the show, man. And I cannot wait for uh, for an update, dude. So I'm ready to get off to uh, Arizona. You're off to Jersey. We've got a lot of stuff going on this week. And uh, this, this is going to be an excellent week for, for real estate. So guys, our next podcast after this is going to be a banger. So um, we're, we're all coming back with all this knowledge and all this stuff. So this is going to be unreal. So maybe we'll still have some of it retained for our, our uh, follow-up episode. We can just yeah. pick up where we left off, Danny. Danny, dude, it, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, finally, man, it's been great getting to really, you know, get to know you a little bit better. So, dude, thank you again for, for your time with us. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for having me on. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Guys, we want you and Danny C. We want to interview you. We really do. I promise you we do. So we need you to go out there, crush it, make it happen. We'll share your story on the next episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. Till next time. Peace. What up, Elite fan? That's a wrap for today's episode. But look, if you got value out of the show today, do us a huge favor and give us a review or give us a like or subscribe. Do all the things to help us get the word out there. And look, we want to see you on the next show. So get out there and crush it, make it happen. Stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.